Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Yes, you heard the man. This is Tyler Chef. I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about getting direct to the decision maker or going broke. It is your decision when I come back. All right, we're back for another week. I'm excited. You should be excited. We're going to talk, as I said a minute ago, about getting direct or going broke. And what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is getting direct with the decision makers in your life, getting direct with the people that you're doing business with that actually have the ability to make a decision, can hear you out, and if you're out there solving problems, can be the audience that you're looking for that will hear you out. And here's an example of that. I'm a guy that solves problems by helping people take payment, by helping people learn how to avoid capital gains tax by taking payments for their equity. What does that mean in code? That means seller financing. So take that little tidbit there and go down to your local wholesaler and say, yo, man, what's up? So I want to, I see you need a cash buyer. And guess what? I'm not a cash buyer. I'm looking for terms. I would like to talk to the seller about getting direct with them to talk about saving them money on their capital gains tax. Now that any wholesaler on the planet is going to look at you like you got five heads and think, no way, man, you're not getting direct with my seller because I'm afraid that you're going to bump me out of the transaction. Same goes for realtors. This is reality. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have this challenge. Now I tell my students and I teach them how to be effective at doing this, but that's a topic far too long for any podcast episode, any one podcast episode, but how to get direct with the sellers even when you're dealing with a realtor. But the easiest way to get things done, ladies and gentlemen, is to avoid properties that are listed in the first place. And by listed, I include wholesale properties. Here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. Wholesale properties are priced and are selling now for more money than properties on the MLS. You would actually do better buying properties off the MLS right now than buying from wholesalers. There's a myriad of reasons for that. Part of that is because a lot of the wholesalers, they don't know how to value property in the first place or they just don't care that's just the reality of it. You've heard the real estate term pocket listings from real estate agents that are, it's a pocket listing. Well, that means someone's getting the short end of the stick there. So why would that agent be keeping that seller's information or that seller's listing from the open open market? That's well, because they're going to, the realtor is going to pocket more than their normal commission. Chances are they're going to double dip, right? And you know, there's several different opinions on that. Some people think that's great. Other people think it's shady business. I'll leave it up to you to decide what you think, but at the end of the day, pocket listing equals more money going out for the buyer. I hate to tell you, that's not the way they were usually presented in the past, but that's the way it's taken on. Also, in a lot of cases, it can mean that the seller is going to wind up selling it way under market. Okay, maybe there's not enough market there or not because it's held from a buying audience. Maybe, let's say I'm an agent, which I am, and I've got a pocket listing. Maybe I've got a buyer that I, I work for. I don't work for the seller, so I take a pocket listing. There could be an issue of ethics there. That could be a problem, so keep that in mind. You have to understand, why would somebody have a pocket listing? I'm not going to go down that road today, but the bottom line is, it's about getting, you should be direct to the seller anyway if you're the buyer. Not to say that real estate representation is bad or evil or anything like that, because it's certainly not. And for the retail buyers, I think it's a big benefit. I think if somebody buying a property they're going to live in especially a first-time buyer, needs to have a realtor or some representation to help them. I think there's too many pitfalls and too many things to go on, and I believe, I'm believe i a big believer in having a, a real, real estate agent represent you if it's your first go-around. Now, if you've done several properties, you don't really need the services of a, of a real estate agent to get you through the transaction necessarily, 
unless maybe it's in a different market or something like that. You've got a property you're buying outside of your local area, you know, or you need help sourcing opportunity or leads, then yes, an agent could be a benefit. But at the end of the day, folks, the best way you're going to be able to negotiate, the most effective way you're going to be able to negotiate is to be direct to the decision maker. I will say this, this does not only apply to sellers, this also applies to lenders. For example, if you don't get the things, the, the terms the way you need them, whoever you're talking to at the mortgage company, maybe go direct with somebody else, go with that person, that, that uh, mortgage person's supervisor. Maybe shop a couple different people until you can get a better deal. But the bottom line is you need to put yourself in front of somebody who has a position to negotiate and can make you a deal that makes sense and fits your priority, your criteria. Now, you heard me say 100 million times, time is by far your most valuable and expensive commodity, which means don't let people waste your time. There are lots of rookies out there, both real estate agents and wholesalers that are brand spanking new. They don't know their ass from a hole in the ground, and they're out there quoting ARV and, and they what property value is, and they have no idea how to value a property. Heck, they know less about the property than you do, you do chances are. Therefore, I would not be taking their advice on after repair value or what market value is. I certainly don't listen to the person that's getting ready to sell you something, what the value is. That doesn't make sense. I'm dealing with some folks right now trying to help them out of an unfortunate situation where they bought a flip and the the, the, the wholesaler helped himself to a $30,000 wholesale fee, which, you know, six of one half dozen the other. But the problem is they bought this, this property at retail. So, there's, then they went ahead and put more money into it to flip it. So they're upside down in this house. And guess what? They can't sell it now because they're the, one of the highest priced in the neighborhood. So you might be asking yourself, why are they the highest priced in the neighborhood? Well, because the wholesaler had to get rich. And now they had to go do get make a bunch of contractors rich. And guess what? There's no skin left and there's no money left on the table. They can't get anything for it. They're going to wind up selling this thing at a loss. And that's, a, that's an out-and-out crime. I hate to tell you. It's just so sad. Uh, you guys know that I'm not a big believer in, in uh, necessarily in turnkey providers because I think there's a lot of them out there that are shady. I think that they're basically taking all the equity up front. They're getting the cream of the crop, not leaving any meat on the bone. And I will say this now in the Memphis market, and I have a lot of people that, that have offered to come, that want to come on the show that are turnkey providers, and I consistently turn them down. But there's one, and I haven't had them on the show yet. I will get to that one at some point. But uh, Terry Kerr over at Mid South Home Buyers. Now I've referred a couple people to them over lately and they have done a fantastic job getting them really good decent deals that include property management on their property so if you want to do the turnkey thing and you're interested in the memphis market you want to do a single family game then go to midsouthhomebuyers.com and reach out to terry and his team and let them know that you're interested in doing something like that make sure you tell them that tyler chef called you from cashflow guys right or told you about him because then i get a referral fee they pay a ton of money in referral fees. Am I referring them because of the referral fee? No. I'm referring them, and you should know that if you listen to this show, but I'm referring them because they know what the heck they're doing, and they do good, honest business, and that's the type of people I like to deal with. So keep that in mind. But here's the thing you got to realize, folks. Professionals don't deal with gatekeepers in most cases. The real pros in this game skip over the gatekeepers, or they are highly skilled at learning how to work through the gatekeepers. Okay, not, Notice I said through, not around. Because understand this, if there is a broker or a wholesaler that already has some sort of a contractual relationship with a seller, you should respect that because that's just good business. Now, what happens a lot of times, and especially in a market like now where there's not a lot of inventory, is there are people that do what they call daisy chain deals. And daisy chain looks like this. I have a, a contract, a property under contract with a seller, and then I 
another person, another wholesaler comes in and says, Hey, I can find a buyer. So that wholesaler throws five or 10 grand on top of my price and then sells it to another wholesaler who throws five to 10 grand. So by the time the poor retail buyer gets in there and pays cash for this thing, they're getting fleeced. That's called a daisy chain deal. So when you're dealing with these gatekeepers, expect that number one, you're, you don't kid yourself into thinking that you're not paying the commission, that you're not paying that extra money. You are absolutely paying that extra money. And in a lot of cases, the reason why your numbers don't work is because you got some wholesaler in there getting 30% off the top. Okay. That's a big deal. Even if you got a real estate agent, real estate agent charges anywhere from three to 5%, depending on, on who they are, or as much as 8% in some cases, if they're doing both sides, then that's going to, that fee is factored in when the seller makes a decision. So it's logical to think that if you don't have those fees in the middle and you are direct to the seller, well, then you can negotiate yourself a much better deal. And here's the thing. If you think you're going to try to get terms through a wholesaler, good luck. And I haven't met a whole, I know two wholesalers in my entire market and we've probably got 30,000 wholesalers. I don't know who's if we got more wholesalers or realtors in our market, but out of say 30,000 wholesalers, everybody claimed to be a wholesaler. I know two that have the ability to do, to negotiate terms. The rest of them, all they understand is they want cash, all cash, you know, quick closing, all cash. And what that says, ladies and gentlemen, is me, 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 the heck with you. I just want my money so I can run, run, run and go until I get the next one. Realtors, realtors want cash buyers and pre-approved buyers. And that's because everything else is illegal, right? You ask them about seller financing or, or, or things like that. They run for the hills like, oh, we can't do that. Why can't you do that? Well, because my commission will be dragged out forever or I won't get my commission. They're never going to say that, but that's what they're thinking, ladies and gentlemen. So how do you avoid these two situations? How do you get around that? Well, the simple way to get around that is to not deal with listed properties or any property represented by a wholesaler. Just ignore them because chances are the info they give you is false. Nine times out of 10, they're lying about the information or they're unskilled. I don't know which is worse, lying or being unskilled. At least being unskilled, you're not intentional. However, all the information they provide you is going to be inaccurate. It's not going to be factual information. The comparable sales that they give you probably don't even tie into that property. They're probably miles away from the, the origin property. Everything is embellished. Everything is, is smoke blown up your skirt. Just avoid it altogether. And instead, focus all of your energy on being direct to the seller. And a lot of you are going to ask, well, how do I do that, Tyler? That's all fine and dandy. How do I do that? There's a million ways to do that. We're going to cover that here coming up. But the fastest way to best deals, ladies and gentlemen, the fastest way to get to the best deals, to, to set the best deals up, is to solve problems, okay? 100% of the time, if your offer is solving a problem for the seller, you are going to do far better than anybody else out there, period. It's that Then it no longer becomes a price issue necessarily. It becomes a problem-solving issue. Either you're solving the problem or you're not. So intermediaries, your gatekeepers, they don't often solve problems. And as a matter of fact, in a lot of cases, they create them. For example, the wholesaler that decides to be some bottom feeder and records a memorandum against the house. That's not cool. They go record a memorandum against the house. Now the poor guy can't sell it. He was already in hot water before the situation, and now the wholesaler made it worse by filing memorandum. Or worse, just as bad, rather, the, the real estate broker who can't sell the house yet puts fancy language in their listing agreement that says that even if the seller sells it themselves for the next six months, they still got to pay the, the deadbeat broker commission. I never heard anything so ridiculous in my life. Gee, I'm sorry I suck at my job, but because I suck at my job and I need to eat, make sure I can cover my glamour shots and my Mercedes payments, 
that you still have to pay me a commission if you do all the work yourself, even because even though I suck. That's basically what that says. Or better, buyers out there, the agent has you sign a buyer-broker agreement. Now, I know a lot of people do this with good intentions, but here's the thing. The only people I've ever made in 18 years of my, of my career as a real estate agent sign a buyer-broker agreement are people that I don't trust, people that are scumbags, and I make them sign the agreement not to make it any better so I can trust them. I make them sign the agreement so they'll go away. Because usually those type of people, if I feel that I have to get you to sign an agreement to secure my fee, that tells me I don't trust you. That tells me there's something questionable about your character, your integrity, whatever. I don't believe that you're going to follow through in a transaction. So I use that as a nice way of brooming people. It's like, go away. I don't need any more clients. I, I, I don't need you, buddy. I can fight. I can get rid of you in a heartbeat. I can replace you with 15 other clients. No big deal. So get out of my life. Sign this agreement. Oh, you won't sign it? That's unfortunate. Have a good day. Now, there are a lot of brokerage. I think Keller Williams preaches to list your buyers. Now, I understand the philosophy they're going with. I totally get it. But as a buyer myself, I would not sign one of those agreements. Because in a lot of cases, well, unless it's tied to a specific address, I'll say that. Because in a lot of cases, there are some, you leave it up to, to society to take something that's initially had a good intent and turn it into a scumbag move. A good agent that wants to make sure they get paid, they will probably use some sort of a buyer brokerage agreement to solidify their commission arrangement in the event the seller doesn't take care of them. For example, if they're working with you on a for sale by owner, okay? In that case, it helps the agent make sure they get paid in case everybody gets cold feet. However, there are unscrupulous agents out there that will go above and beyond the original intent of the agreement. They use it for a way to basically sit back and collect money. And here's what happened. I had a kid that I was coaching last year, year before up in Alabama. And he, his, an agent up there had him sign an agreement that said, if he bought anything in the state of Alabama in the entire calendar year ahead, whether it was through that agent or not, he would owe that agent a commission or broker rather a commission, anything at all. If he bought an investment property, a condo to live in anything, he would owe that brokerage 3% of the sales price of anything he purchased in that year. Now, that's just ridiculous, in my opinion. If That's just absolutely asinine. So if I would have referred him a property, said, hey, man, just call so-and-so, and, -so and they'll, they'll sell you their property, he would have to pay that agent that had nothing to do with the transaction a fee. So be careful what you sign when you're dealing with these intermediaries. Same goes for wholesalers. Wholesalers have this gimmick. Well, they'll do, I need your proof of funds, this, that, and the other. Be careful handing out a proof of funds to people that haven't even shown you a deal yet. Worse, they'll have you sign a non-compete or a uh, non-disclosure non-compete. The problem with this, folks, is that most of you are not taking the time to read what you're signing. And I have seen hundreds of, I literally mean hundreds of these documents come over that we have reviewed, people on the team and I have reviewed, where there's all those little things just kind of packed in there, like stuck in there, like, for example, the the buyer agrees to pay $15,000 settlement or a $15,000 additional funding fee is one of my sock that said after 12 months. So you buy a property from them, you, they make the wholesaler makes the money off you. And then 12 months later, you owe them another $15,000. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, Whoa. And they had done it so that all the type was the same. It was right there along with everything else. It was mixed into a paragraph that wasn't even applicable. It's one of those paragraphs. that's so boring. You're never going to read it. It was just kind of nicely planted right in the middle there. Now, granted, you could go to court and you could sue and you could fight and get attorneys and go back and forth. But at the end of the day, how much is it going to cost you to get out of that situation? Because you did not read the contract. 
So when you're dealing with these wholesalers or agents, make sure you read every single thing that you're being signed. I don't want to digress because we shouldn't be dealing with either one of these parties anyway. We should be direct to the seller. So understand this. Middlemen or women don't think to ask many of the questions and don't often negotiate much, if at all. I know wholesalers that think they're wholesalers because they take a property that's active in the MLS. They add $30,000 to their price and try to offer it to people at a real estate meeting. See this happen all the time. And worse, some ding-dong will go and buy it and pay cash for it because they have no checks and balances. So my first advice to you is, ladies and gentlemen, unless you're seller direct, don't be a cash buyer because most people, most of the scumbags are going to run away from you if you're not a cash buyer. So you can, you can screen lots of them. I get these emails all the time and I reply with a couple words. I do not pay cash. That's a quick way to clean up your inbox real quick because people suddenly forget all about you when they realize that you're not going to pay them cash because you're not an idiot. That's going to make things go a lot easier, a lot quicker. So there you go. But anyway, the bottom line is, you know, middlemen, they don't think creatively. They just ask about the, or think about the fastest way they can earn a payday for themselves. So they really don't want to hear about your, well, I can, I gladly pay you Tuesday for a duplex today. They don't care. They want all cash and they want it done quickly so they can get their money and run. Same thing goes with real estate agents. Real estate agents cannot wait at the 45 day mark. They're doing those uh, commission payday loan things so they can get their next Mercedes payment covered. It's absolutely ridiculous. So they're not concerned about you getting a creative opportunity or anything that has any, any value to the seller. They just think stuff's illegal, right? All right. Middlemen rarely discover or even try to learn about the seller's pain. This is an absolute fact. How many listing agents do you know, real estate listing agents, if you ask them, why is the seller selling? To relocate to a more beautiful neighborhood. That's a bunch of garbage. Or because they're downsizing. That's not usually the reason, and believe it or not. Now, sometimes I'm sure that is, but or they won't give you an answer at all. And I don't really expect them to give you an answer, ladies and gentlemen, because if you're a real estate agent, you realize if you're the listing agent, you really don't have to share that information unless the seller instructs you to. So if it was me and when somebody asked me this question as a listing agent, I dodge it. I refuse to answer it. I'm sorry, but the seller hasn't authorized me to disclose that information. I leave it at that because I don't want to put the seller at a disadvantage. You see how I became monkey in the middle. Tyler is monkey in the middle. I'm the middleman screwing stuff up because I want to deal with the cushy buyer with cash. Yes, it's true. Me too. It's just the reality of it, right? Think about this. The middlemen could care less if you earn a decent return. They do not have any interest on you getting a great return. What they do care about is seeing you at the closing table and collecting their check. In a lot of cases, they care so much about their check that they want a non-refundable down payment. Non-refundable, that's big in the wholesaling. Down here in Florida, every wholesaler in town, good, bad, or indifferent, wants a $5,000 non-refundable deposit. It's a trend. The problem is they know because they, they don't believe that you're going to close. That's why they want that $5,000 non-refundable deposit. I know certain real estate brokerages that make a living on $5,000 deposits because they suck at what they do and they don't have the ability to actually sell to represent a client. So they lock people into a non-refundable deposit so they can't wiggle out from the transaction. So much for adding value. See, to do it right, ladies and gentlemen, a wholesaler or a realtor should be adding, providing so much value in the transaction that only an idiot would back out of the transaction. The $5,000 is not required, but you know that's that. Understand this. Wholesale and pocket listings sell more, sell for more than true direct-to-seller off-market deals. Okay? Let's talk about a $100,000 house. A house that you could get direct from a seller for hundred grand. you are probably going to pay 
anywhere between one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for, because you have to build on the cost of the middleman. So the person that's being a pain in the ass, getting between you and the seller, is is also helping themselves to twenty to fifty thousand dollars. Let's say of your money. In some cases it's five thousand. Whatever. Not to say there's anything wrong with wholesaling or being a realtor or anything like that, because I've done both. But the bottom line is, from a buying perspective, you have to ask yourself this. And I know some of you are lying to yourself going, well, I'm not counting the wholesale fee into my deal. So you're trying to, you're figuring your numbers on a hundred grand, but you're really writing a check for 130 because you got to pay, you know, Johnny, the wholesaler. Again, if the numbers make sense and the deal makes sense, then great. But the reality of it is I know Johnny, the wholesaler, and he's pushing for got to move now, man. Got to go, 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 go. And that somebody, there's probably 15 people standing in line for this deal. So you got to pull the trigger right now. Give me a $5,000 non-refundable deposit, which means that's as fat. That's as fast as they talk to. It's like they're talking to Russell Brunson, which means though, that you are not going to have the time. You're going to feel pressured. You're going to be in a rush. You're not going to sit down and do all the math. You're going to do quick math or you worse. You're going to allow go accept their math. Never once, ladies and gentlemen, have I ever seen accurate numbers on any investment deal on the first take. Never once has anybody ever presented me a deal that had legitimate numbers, realtor, wholesaler, or otherwise. They all lie, embellish, misrepresent, however you want to take it. It's all BS. So you have to verify that information yourself. You can't do that in five seconds while you're writing a check for a $5,000 non-refundable deposit. And when you write a check for a $5,000 non-refundable deposit, you're not going to do any more due diligence on the property. I know you're not going to do the due diligence. Why? Because if you don't close, you're going to lose five grand. You don't want to lose five grand. So you're just going to suck it up buttercup and buy the crappy deal anyway. And then you're going to get on the phone with old Uncle Tyler and go, well, I got a little bit of a problem. Yeah, <laughs> You got a huge problem because you overpaid for a property because you let somebody pressure you. How does that happen when you're selling direct? I'll tell you how. It doesn't. Because a seller with a problem is not going to push you into doing anything. It's the other way around. You see, you can eliminate the middleman, go direct, and then all the profit becomes yours. Now, granted, ladies and gentlemen, I am an only child and I hate to share, but let's be honest. This is about making sure the numbers make sense. It's about not being pressured. The best way to buy opportunities where you don't have a bunch of pressure, forcing you to do make decisions, stupid decisions, by the way, that you normally wouldn't make, is to simply be direct with the seller where the only urgency is that you're solving their problem, helping them out, which means you don't have any other competition. Nobody's pushing you to move quickie, quickly, and you can get the deal done. Okay, So understand that. Now I'm just going to drop a huge value bomb on you. This is one that's just going to absolutely blow your mind. You ready for this? Are you sitting down for this? Now, this is something that you've probably never heard before, unless you listen to my show from episode one, but it's going to change Everything you think about every quote-unquote deal that you hear about from now on, this is the very last thing I'm going to say on this topic, on this episode, and we're going to wrap it up here. So you staying with me? You ready? Here we go. Only lousy deals are advertised, and that is because the good deals are already heading to the closing table. You will not know of the good deals until you, unless you're sitting there with the seller negotiating it directly or you discover it later in public records by searching what has sold. There is no such thing as a good or great or amazing or unbelievable deal that's advertised. It doesn't work that way, that way, guys and girls. It doesn't work that way. I'll give you an analogy. Go say, let's say you go buy a set of tires right now for your car and it costs you hundred bucks a tire, four hundred bucks. Sunday's paper, the same tires are on sale for three eighty, and they say this is a once in a lifetime best deal ever. And then Cyber Monday comes up and they say, oh, Cyber Monday, we'll do it for three fifty. Well, guess what? 
How, which one is the best deal? Ladies and gentlemen, stop looking at what's for sale. Stop buying off the shelf. Get direct with the seller. If you have the guts to do this, knock yourself out and make it happen. If you don't know how to do this, you're not comfortable doing this, then you need to get over to mailboxmoneymastermind.com. Get your button gear. Get signed up. We are kicking off the first week of January. You need to be on the train to make sure this happens so you can learn how to be direct to a seller without having to be confrontational, without having to be a bully, by learning how to provide value to people in the marketplace, learning how to raise money for your deals, learning how to network, market, how to find opportunity, learning how to keep every opportunity that you, that you come across, learning how to negotiate, due diligence, the closing process, the mindset, getting you financially unscrewed so that you can achieve financial independence. Because let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, we can't count on the government to take care of us. I don't care who's in office, it doesn't matter. The government's broke, let's be honest. There is no social security for most of us. There is no retirement. Your job could fire you in nine times out of 10 the day before retirement and give you nothing. So the ulterior is you can keep out there swinging, doing nothing, lying to yourself, saying you're gonna keep doing it, or you could pull the trigger, get started on the Mailbox Money Mastermind. How you get going with that is go to Mailbox Money mastermind.com. Get on my calendar. Let's talk about it. See if it's a good fit for you. Pull the trigger. I will catch up with you next week. Thanks for listening. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.